Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the YMN Podcast. I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. I'm Ashcake. Very special guest joining us at the dining room table today. Who do we got? This is Constance Scarlett, and I'm going to be the executive director for Arts Council Wood Buffalo come June. Yay. Yes. Yay. Congratulations. Yay. Very much so. Um, I heard about this Arts Council. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's people on it there. That these, these I hear that they are both wise and beautiful. <laughs> sounds fortuitous. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so everyone that's like, what, what's going on in this podcast? Um, uh, so for those of you, I guess we haven't really announced it on the podcast We've Ta- talked about it, I think. Yeah, but okay, so Todd and myself uh, sit on the Arts Council Wood Buffalo, and like, I still don't know how we got in on it. It was really <laughs> Straight weird. Straight off the bat, the reputation. Well, of you, you got, you got like, the, you got a Homer Simpson happen to you for that, right? Wasn't it like, wasn't yours like the de- uh, default? <laughs> default, yeah, yeah. Because the guy you were. Two greatest words in the English language, default. Yeah, you're like, default, default. <laughs> But, like, I mean, no, no, because uh, you sit for communications, right? Community. Community, sorry. And I sit for film and photography. I was running against Sean McHill. And uh, I actually, had I known that he was running, I probably wouldn't have run. The whole reason I was running was like, well, someone's got to fill that seat, right? Yeah, because so, yeah, he didn't say anything. Because it was really important it. to me. What? I heard that there was bribing of votes going on. <gasps> what? What? <laughs> they gave me like so many sticky things. I was like, yeah, I'll take them all, right? Yeah, Boom, no, no, but I mean, uh, I think he would. Uh, all I'm saying is, like, I think he would have been a really good choice if I had not gotten it. Gotten it, and uh, but yeah, no. So we sit on the council along with. Uh, it's supposed to be a seat of eleven people. Uh, we are down one right now. So if anyone's <coughs> interested in in uh, representing the Aboriginal community, it's Aboriginal, First right? Nations. Yeah. Okay, First First Nations, right? Okay, yeah. First Nations uh, for the Arts Council. Please uh, get a hold of us. What's our website? Uh, <laughs> Info at artscouncilwb.ca. But um, it's one of the first mandates that we did. Was um, our previous, or it, uh, I guess, transitioning as executive director, uh, Russell Thomas? He was uh, he was in the position of executive director as interim, and and what that means is he was kind of gifted to the Arts Council. Wasn't seconded, he? it's called. Seconded, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Keanu, sequestered. It's a, uh, Keanu Arts Council. Do art. <laughs> okay, like you must it. do art. He's just trying in his office. <laughs> Uh, How Arts Council. You're like it's crap. It's crap. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, 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 and he's a re- he's a great guy, and he was uh, he was sit- he was serving as the executive director under the interim board, which wasn't elected, and they were kind of chosen. Uh, there were no- I-, I don't know who they were, but 
I can't remember either. There were a number of members yeah. that stand out, and and some of them did transition into the new council. Board. But so when we there was an election, and of course we had the new council come in, and one of the first mandates was okay. So uh, the seconded secondment ends at the end of, of May. May, so we actually have to put out a job listing for the next executive director just to make sure it's impartial, etc., and that the best candidates are coming in. So that was uh, actually an interesting process too. It was. The, uh, I've never been. Uh, I've, I've never been involved in, in the board, I guess, in, in this capacity. I was going to call it official, but I'm like, it's kind of insulting to us and the filmmakers. Because hey. we started the filmmakers board, and it's like, I've never been involved in an actual board before. Wow. <laughs> I brought That's my own mic. <laughs> but, uh, and no, and it was an interesting process to see, because uh, we got elected in, in January, and there was a lot of stuff that needed to be done. And, of course, the, pretty much right off the bat... Uh, was the selecting of the new executive director. I think that was actually started in January. Yeah. So what we did is we got all the candidates in a big caged room. <laughs> and, and, and she won. She she played possum the for half of the fight. Hunger Everyone games. thought she was dead. The odds were yeah. in my favor. Exactly. Yeah. And then when they slept that after that first night, she just went just chopping necks in the middle of the night. Oh, you were like, um, what's the dude? The one who loves Katniss and he just like morphs himself into Pita? a rock. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. And then she's like running long and she's like, You know Peter, but you don't know Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just not a big video game person. No, no, other, and that's fair. I, other nerdy, geeky things I can get on board Okay, with. so I'm going to have to start watching Doctor Who just yes, to catch up to you now. Please do. Because I'll have something to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Until then, I guess. I, we're, uh, yeah. we're like sitting <laughs> Until next to you. Until then, yeah, like, we're not even going to turn this way for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so how did you get on board with the, the job posting, or how did you get wind of it? Um, well, I moved out to Fort McMurray in January. Um, my husband's been teaching at Cano since... Uh, September and before we moved up before I even accepted the job at Keanu I was looking to see what was going on in the arts community in Fort McMurray because that's my backgrounds in arts and culture and I saw that there was a new art council and that they were talking about needing to hire a new executive director so um, automatically that was really interesting to me and got to know Aaron a little bit and, and so when the job posting finally came out that got forwarded to me and Oh, so you knew about it before, like, the posting was even... No, I didn't get it until it was, like, official, official. Of course, no, but you heard wind of it, right? Because I know we were a bunch of people talking about it. Yeah, there was, yeah, lots of talk about needing a... Yeah, well, I think part of it was, like... three months to get everything straightened away, which I thought was pretty quick, considering we only meet Well, I mean, I knew knew people from outside of Alberta, and I was just like, hey, this is going to be listed pretty soon, so... Keep keep an eye out for it. Like I mean, I believe uh, Cody Bound was one person that was uh, well, even interested. A couple people we know in LA. Like it, it was it, the job yeah. posting. I think sparked a lot of interest. The uh, I know I was going through like the official to try to get the press release out. Going through all like the official numbers, we had over sixty applicants. Yeah, from absolutely. all across the country. An awesome opportunity, right? Because you're now getting fifty nine are dead. No, but it's it was an awesome opportunity because you get in on the ground floor, right? So it's this new organization that you really get to. To, to work with the board to shape and create something amazing. With, yeah, so. you really don't like. You're literally only four months, five months off of brand new. Yeah, exactly. Brand new uh, or committee. Or brand it new. Still board. has the new car smell. That's <laughs> uh, because I don't shower. New car smell is the best. The um, but no, that posting like when it did get officially posted, it, it did attract a lot of attention. I found because like I said, I'm still all new to this. I know what an executive director was. I just don't know baselines. Uh, I've always said on this podcast, or I'm I grew up before. Well, me and Tito did. Ashley's been here now for five years, six years? Six years. So all I know in regards to how like the world works is Fort McMurray, which, of course, is the exception to pretty much every rule. <laughs> it's like a weird Petri dish up here sometimes. Well, because they put up a job posting, and that salary range, to me, I'm just like, okay, 
okay, that's your typical salary range, but we would get well. Cody, this. Cody lost like, his holy mind. shit. <laughs> yeah. We're and and we've debated about this as a board a lot too, as well, because of course, Fort McMurray is the exception. To every rule, it's very high uh, in everything. You need to have a, a way to keep a person, attract a person, yeah. and keep a person yeah. because it's only thirty kilometers north where you got some companies that'll have to pay a big wage for people just to like and people leave stuff all the time. That's kind of in town work, right? Absolutely, so. but I think that's also like it's something that nonprofits everywhere struggle with, right? Is Absolutely. that they want to bring in these great people to run their organizations, but they can't afford to attract these great yeah. people, and so I think, and keep. yeah. So yeah. I think what the Arts Council did was really progressive in saying, like, no, we want, uh, you know, we want a certain level of professional, and we're willing to pay for that. So. Yeah, like if you want top of the line, pay top of the line. Well, it's interesting because it's it's almost like a catch twenty two because like the the other side of the coin is that you've got these big companies, right? And they like they want to give that money, right? Like, in other words, in terms of, like, m- money to fund the arts. Mm-hmm. But really, for them, they're just like, okay, well, we, we what what do we give it to? And that's, like, the, what's really starving. In we don't want to deal with the little stuff. Can we just give you guys a big pile of money? <laughs> well, no, it, it's because it, for them, it's, yeah. I mean, for, looking, at, looking at it from a sheerly uh, selfish point of view, right, is just like, well, it's tax deductible, right, for well, them to a, a, a certain oh, yeah, amount, right? But, like, the thing is, it's important to have organizations like these in place because that's where that money goes and how it's, you know, how the artists end up getting funded for, you know, for the residencies and all that fun stuff. Also, I mean, live in such a, a unique situation because like let's let's call it exactly what it is you got companies looking at the 50,000 foot like you got people uh, high up in these companies and looking at it from the 50,000 foot level they want to be able to put community involvement in their in their sustainability report and say this is what we yeah. do to enhance our community yeah it's trying to find the people that can weed well, out all you know the people what? that it, need this money. It's, it's really interesting. I was having a conversation recently, and, and in it, it's actually not that they're looking... It's not like these companies are looking to, like, let's make arts alive. It's actually, again, looking at it from a selfish perspective, is how do we keep our employees here. Yeah. Well, and how do you attract people yeah. here? Yes, right? Like exactly. exactly like me, right? You know, I'm looking at this as a brand new community and do I want to move here if there isn't a strong arts culture? Probably not. So I think yeah. it benefits the economy just as much as it benefits. Yeah. Um, oh, all those feel good things. Please say that again just cuz it's so it many times. It benefits the economy. <laughs> well, no, it's it's Don't be on your business card. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's getting better within the last couple of years, but I know we've fought with many people about well I haven't the, really fought but <laughs> me physically I've fought been put, I've been behind you just pushing you forward going up that hill where people say that yeah arts and culture in the community is all well and good but it's not a necessity and I pull my hair out when I hear that like I said it's gotten better it's gotten really good in the last couple of years mm-hmm. but like before like especially in like the mid 2000s where it was just kind of like everyone's rushing up here it's oil jobs money go 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 yeah. who cares what's going on in town we just want to go work and then leave it's like no you want to you need to have that arts the vibrant sustainable arts and culture community to get people to be like, well, I want to stay in town and watch that can of play or go to that <clears throat> film festival and do that, right? Well, there's a weird opportunity here, too, I think, because um, a lot of communities, in, in Canada especially, uh, it's not as prevalent as the States because government funding is one of those that weird, changes the, uh, weird things it. in the United States. But uh, a lot of what the, I mean, they say, you know, you're talking about the National Film Board, you're talking about um, the AFA and all this stuff. All these organizations, like, they're kind of like, they're the pulse that keeps a lot of these artists working because uh, really the truth is for a lot of artists, if you've got a, a, a lot of talent, the first thing that happens is like, oh, come down to the States where you'll get paid a lot of money to do the same thing. Um, the unique opportunity for Murray, I feel at least, is we 
are like it, it hasn't been done yet fully like self-sustaining but there's a weird opportunity here where we have organizations and businesses that have a lot that can be given to the community to fulfill the arts Absolutely. but it, that that connect it, like, like it's it, stay here and do some that. connections have been made but they're very loose and yeah. and you know what i mean it's like but if there was like a solid connection like that would really be like it, you know like they they benefit each other like we were just saying like i was having that conversation about like how um, it, they're interested in how do I keep my employees? How do I bring new employees? Saying that, hey, if you come live and work in this community, there's all this uh, like there's it, it, the, what's been the the focus in recent years has been like oh physical fitness. There's all these like, Recreation. recreational uh, areas, right? But if there's also like our artistic playgrounds to play in, that you know you've got the best of both worlds. Balancing this, balancing the pendulum. Is that what it is? What's that weight thing there? That the law office has the scale. The scale. Really, it's called a scale. It's something the so simple. The pendulum is for the clock. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess yeah, that works. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'll cut that in and make that sound great. <laughs> Analogies. <laughs> you know, it's about balancing the the pendulum or balancing the scale or whatever the hell you want to call it. The because uh, right now, like, you get so much more of one thing, and then you try to find the middle. But now, oh, everyone needs recreation. Let's pile about fifty million dollars in recreational facilities and projects. Well, fuck. Now we're on the completely end of the other. Uh, other side of the pendulum, I guess we'll keep going with that yeah. one. And it's like, well, no, hold on. You completely lost the arts, or you completely lost everything with the arts, especially when the Canada did those cuts. That was devastating. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, Edmonton, uh, whoa, what was that? Edmonton uh, is is a pretty good example because I guess uh, I think it was two years ago now they beat out Montreal for like the cultural capital. center capital of Canada. That's huge, actually. Which, yeah. yeah. That's, They've cut that program, unfortunately, yeah. which kind of sucks. Because so I was like, that would be a great goal for Fort McMurray. Is like five years from now, we're going to be the cultural capital of Canada. Yeah. Unfortunately, that program doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's interesting. The rumor so wait, I had because hold on, I'm confused. That's a program. Yeah, it was a federal program where they you basically applied. It was sort of yeah, you applied to see if you could be the cultural capital of Canada, and then they gave you there was funds attached to it if you won, and oh, so you could do a whole like bunch of Olympics. cultural projects as a result of it. But my understanding of it, but it's gone now. My understanding about it was like we did it, we we did it, we we reached our goal. Okay, we don't need the program anymore. Fuck yeah, no. no but my, my understanding is from what I heard from the the people in Edmonton that I knew some of them sat on the AFA and 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 were like involved in that is. The problem is, even from the get-go, I guess the whole program was actually set up to eventually end because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like, they're going to be self-sustaining after this. And that's the biggest problem with anything arts-related in Canada is a lot of it, it's their 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 lifeline is federal or provincial funding, yeah. right? So how do you, you know what I mean? How do you balance? Yeah. So you've been living in Edmonton for... Yes, born and raised in oh, Edmonton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah lived on the lived. White Ave is where she spent most of her days. <laughs> <laughs> no, sadly, I was a West End girl. Hey. What? Yeah, West Side. It's the West Side. <laughs> was there like a big rivalry between White Ave people and West End? Yeah. You're an Edmonton guy. You're just no, I, I just went to university and got drunk at White Ave. So that's all of Edmonton. <laughs> White, Ave, White Ave was the closest stumbling point to the university. <sighs> it was like it, it's so weird. I know this sounds so bad. Like I've seen great examples of humanity in White have where like you know there'd be like some guy be like uh, a homeless man on the street and and uh, I guess what happened was like these guys like they gave him like a hotel for the night because like they were like drunk they were partying and they're like hey man there's a hotel here blah 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 and like it made the news and stuff because <laughs> it's like they're really nice to him and blah 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 and then I see like pure examples of like horrible humans where like there was this old lady walking home one night and I was across the street when this happened some dude was eating a denier and the lady's like excuse me young man and she's trying to get around him and she's walking past him and he's holding his denier 
And then he like baseball throws this dude no. to the back of her head, oh. knocking her over. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> anyway, well, and th- apparently there's a dude there that does push ups for money. So he'll be that was like, the guy. that was the hotel guy. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'll do 50 push ups for $50. And then drug people are like, okay, and give him money. But our friend Graham was week. saying, like, when he was first like recruited into the army and he did push ups for a living, the guy outdid. Four recruits, like, consecutively. Oh, like, wow. he out-push-upped them. Wow. Well, if you're doing it for money. money. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That's going to be your place But to they're like, today. we need to win, these, like, young buff recruits. Actually, in- interesting analogy to the arts in that. Um, it, they, they actually, um, they there was a study that uh, I think it was UFC did. Uh, apparently, uh, f- uh, giving people money to do artistic endeavors is actually counter counterproductive, counterproductive to the so forty eight hour film challenges actually the they're designed to keep people from creatively thinking because yeah. apparently if if you're going into the challenge thinking about I need to get that money it will stop you creatively from being able to deliver the goods mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. whereas if they were like just doing it for the win who the hell was it well. There was a study done that showed us doing shit for passion and doing like yeah. we do our projects for passion. That's why we do what we that's do. That's why our projects are so good. No, but we'll never like. There's always <laughs> just that reach. The argument that we've constantly had, well, not argument, I guess, discussion, <laughs> where we've always had is when we, if and when we start getting paid for doing what we love to do, does it then change your perception of it? Of as in, well, fuck, now I have to do this or I have to make this project that I may mean, I'm not so passionate about because I need that money. Yeah. Right. Well, there's always compromise, right? Even even like working, like even if, say for example, you're a welder uh, doing a weld or whatever, you always have to compromise in terms of the quality of your work versus the delivery time. It's no different in in terms of like an artistic project, right? Welder was a really bad example for I that. Know, Just throwing that out there. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> so let's dive deeper into the life of Constance. So I I got into your past. I've got five people here behind the what? door. This is your life. <laughs> so what is in number one. <laughs> this person knew you when you were 15. She threw Donaire uh, in the back of my head. <laughs> that was not a good time for me. So what? Uh, give us some background. Like, what made you who you are? That's a really hard question. That is when really I hard agreed hard. to do this interview, you said there would be no hard questions. That's no hard question. Uh, how is that a hard question? Uh, okay, Todd, what made you who you are? Being fat. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll ask a better question. What what discipline of the art would you say is your is your passion? What what do you like? Uh, like in terms of like, are you a painter? Uh, are you? Oh, a I'm not. I am not an artist. I do not claim Always. to be an artist mm-hmm. at all. Um, but I've always been involved in the arts. So I did Ukrainian dance for a number of years. I was cool. a drama nerd all the way through high school. I played the violin. I've oh, cool. been to the, I've had season tickets to the Edmonton Opera since I was like seven years old. So, you know, I've always, arts has always been a huge part of my life. And then I balance the artsy side with the history nerd side. So that's nice. the other side of me is like this insane love of the past. So like, you're just like a massive nerd. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Right on. Cool. Yeah, I don't claim to be cool at all. <laughs> No, nerd well, look around. This is not a cool house. I keep blaming it on Kingston, but I'd buy it for me. Yeah, we know. <laughs> the um, all right. So, is, like a history, like a love for history, like mm-hmm. to, just in general. Favorite or? time period now. Nineteen twenties. What? Yeah, although balance prohibition, maybe <laughs> with um, like Tudor England. Like I've got that mm. weird so, like Henry VIII thing. Okay, so that'd be my question. Like, so like maybe England during the 1920s? 
They were no. still a little bit gaudy no. back then. They yeah, were I, still I'm, sporting the 1800 clothes. Yeah, it's true. Like Downton Abbey style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Like, what would what if you had uh, Doc Brown show up at your door? Where would what you time? Go? Oh, 1960s, without a doubt, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Everyone's sticking to the 1900s here. Oh my God! You know, you know, like give me Renaissance, fucking in a heartbeat. The Renaissance? Yeah. Why not? Like the, the, no. Where, Tell me where, why the Renaissance. Yeah. Where, no, Do you just no, want to dress in a robot? <laughs> I just, just want to be in my pajamas <laughs> yeah, and, and be and just be fucking crooked oh as fuck God, with the let's with make church. A Robin Hood with <laughs> no, a place where nobility, a place when nobility down. meant something, where you're actual, you strove not just to become a higher stature in society, you actually did. You, you strove was that, that strive, term? Strive. strive. Yeah, I'm not a very smart. I don't man. know if the Renaissance learn. was really a you good time. You could also die of like typhoid. Yeah, and like well, the rich were okay. really oppressing. If Doc Brown showed up at the door, you take some pills. You, you take a bit of like current technology. For medicine wise, we go back. It's some not penicillin. Yeah, some penicillin at least. But no, I've always been they, fascinated with like Robin Hood period. Fucking, well, would Macbeth be that period too? I would say. Actually, I'm a little hazy on that. Did Robin Hood actually happen? I'm confused now there, because they did that Russell Crowe movie where they made it historical. It's, of, it's yeah, but it's like Leatherface. Okay, based on a true story where one guy. Oh, so like, like you know, it's very vague, very vague. Like I'm just wait, wait, wait. We got someone who knows history here. Oh God, no! Is Robin Hood real? Not that I am aware of, but you know, it's a, that's the whole thing about folklore, right? Yeah. Is that it's, it's based on? It could be based on something in history, yeah. but it morphs into something. Because the else, idea was right? he's he was King Richard's bastard, right? You become more than just. I'm more familiar with sort of the like King Arthur, how that. That's cool. fiction, though, isn't it? Well, but it's there. There have been sort of questions about whether or not that's the case or what? if it is based on a, a real Knights there's the a real people. Merlin <laughs> that'd be yes. amazing see renaissance period is that renaissance yeah that's renaissance mm. that would have been the dark ages you're just making stuff I was up gonna now. say yeah dark ages then came the renaissance so you just basically like, re- everything is renaissance if you had to wear tights yeah <laughs> we're going with see you're getting to know me already it's, if you're wearing robes and it's in like the woods you're renaissance period was Shakespeare renaissance no no that would have been 1300s right no no when, when was Shakespeare? <laughs> we are losing the game. 15 to 16. Oh, come on. I'm off by 100 years. <laughs> I straight up have not said anything because I don't know anything about history. Except he New was, Zealand history was, and we're oh, really baby country. Yeah. Shakespeare was like Elizabethan. So uh, Elizabeth yeah. I. Right. Okay. To James. Elizabeth, I thought Elizabethan. What would be the 1800s then? Victorian. Victorian. Yeah. Cowboy that's times. That's in the getting. States. No, Victorian, because I know they always find that in, like, Pawn, pawn Stars. They're like, this is Victorian. The price just went up, like, 200 bucks. Yeah, man. That's where I learned my history from. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, TV talk. Well, so, cool, you Queen's So are you, are you a fan of, like, culture from the 1920s as well? Yeah. Have you ever been to a speakeasy? No, although, funny story, my parents, my mom grew up in the States, and my grandpa's house actually had this secret entrance where... The, yeah, during Prohibition time, that's where He's you'd go parents. to get your beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. You know, like little things like that. That's what gets you interested in history is when it's like you can see it, touch it, <laughs> or like get secret- lost in a basement. Yeah, but somewhere. it wasn't even like that. It, like it, what makes me laugh is that like is it's creepy. not even like cool hidden passages. It's like this is how they escaped the you know the the, the, the raid. Dreadful it's like no, we wanted to get drunk, yeah. so we made secret doors. <laughs> you know, there's a tunnel between my school, like because my school was built. Uh, like before World War One, I, I think, and it was used as a hospital. So, like, there was a tunnel from our school that went 
down to like the boys high school on the other side of the street because it had been split up into two different schools at the time but they were using both as hospitals but there was like all these underground bunkers yeah my sister went down there but she like the roof was crumbling or something and her friend ended up smacking her head and then they closed it off. Yeah, they sealed it, so no one's been able to go down there again. I mean, as much as like the Renaissance is where I'd like probably like, go. <laughs> you can't <laughs> after this, eh? No, the most interesting time for me, and as much as it's probably the most fucked up time in, in, right in, in, no. in human history, is World War Two, nineteen forties, thirties, just like 30, the whole 40. concept of you get that, and then you're right into like the Cold War, then it leads into the space race, which I'm really big ever since we had field. That's why I like the nineteen sixties. I, the 1960s feel like it was like an insurgence of like we can do anything mentality yeah, yeah. it was like we're gonna go to the moon uh, film had just started becoming like a true art form in terms of like French uh, French expressionism and all that stuff and like on top of everything else like fashion back then was just it's amazing like you could dress in a suit but also be like all hippie-ish you're <laughs> just going by mad men aren't you I totally <laughs> no but like music like rock and it roll was. had just been like it, it feels like America you know was what at it its was? best it was the renaissance of the modern era ah. <laughs> there you go it's that's, that's compromise it's compromise that's compromise yeah I like that <laughs> How did we get on this topic? Uh, because we I said asking. I love yeah. history. That yes. was that. That was part of what made me me a history nerd, which then morphed into a museum nerd. So. Yeah, that's where your your background was. Yeah. So take us through that. Like, what exactly did that entail? Well, I did my history degree at the U of A, and then you finish a four year degree, and you're like, wow, what does somebody do with a history mm-hmm. degree? <laughs> and it turns out you can work for CSIS, but I didn't go that route. What's um, CSIS? It's yeah. the Canadian it's FBI. Like, yeah. Cool. With history? Yeah, so that. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't if they're going to go into. We got all these crimes from the Renaissance, please solve them. <laughs> well, the new X Men movie tells me that Magneto killed JFK. Uh-huh. The magic bullet? Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. No, but if you're like going to go and invade a country, you kind of want to know. The best strategies? Well, like what, what happened in that country in the past? What are like the factors hmm. that might sort of. That's really cool. Uh, that actually makes Do a lot of sense. I feel that would be like anthropology, though. So you're a spy, no. is what you're saying? No, so I didn't go the spy route, and instead I took Oh my god, could you imagine if she was actually a spy? Real name infiltrating the oil sands. <laughs> Constance Scarlet is a totally legit name and doesn't sound fake <laughs> at all. It's totally well. That's what. That's what like Scarlet, hey, uh, she's like, a red. He's ex army and his name is Mike Smith. And he's like, he's like, man, I keep forgetting how to do my signature. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you really think Mike Smith is a real name? Well, Nothing Canadian girl. <laughs> that's hilarious. So you didn't go the spy route. No, I went the museum route instead. So I did a master's degree in museum studies cool. and got to learn all things museum-y. And that's so cool. Worked in a couple of museums outside of Canada. So I worked um, for the Royal Collection in England. Got to work for the Queen for a summer. That's you're so awesome. cool. Right. Pretty awesome. Ran around Buckingham Palace like I own okay, the place. Tell, okay, maybe you can tell me this then. Is there like a secret compartment under her desk? We never got that close, oh. you know. But isn't that but, their house? Yeah. And it's like her residence, but they also they open it up in the summertime so they have a big exhibition. So oh, okay. the year I was there it was her wedding anniversary, so it was all about oh, it's like oh. her wedding dress and, cool. and all the rest of that. So it was yeah. super cool. Um, and then spent the other part of the time at Windsor Castle. That's cool. So they do this thing where they teach you how to handle artifacts before they obviously let you go wild. So the guy who's training me hands me this sketch, and it's nice. It's like a sketch of a horse, like pretty cool. So I'm holding it the way you're supposed to hold artifacts, and he goes, "Um, that's a Da Vinci. 
Oh, and I just like, drops it. Yeah. It's like, well, if I wasn't nervous before, Whoa. now I'm nervous. He's yeah. from the Renaissance. Renaissance. <laughs> you touched a real Da Vinci. He's like tons in the background. Oh! Wow, what was it? Yeah. Just a sketch. Just 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 sketch. sketch. So, yeah, the royals have this incredible art collection, and so that was part of their collection. And wow, yeah, so, so that was really cool. cool. So, and then after that, I was home in Alberta for about a month, and then I went to St. Kitts in the Caribbean, and I worked at a museum there for a few months. I only, I seen that uh, Aaron was doing the presentation for you uh, during the, one of the last board meetings, and I seen St. Kitts, and I always just flocked to that country, not physically, but um, I don't know if anyone knows Neil Strauss. Yeah. Anyone familiar with him? Anyway, he's a. Uh, uh, he used to work for the Rolling Stone, and he got to interview all these rock stars. Yeah. Then he got involved with like different kinds of life. Like he wrote the the dating book. I forget what it's called. The game. Oh uh, yeah, my brother loves yeah, that book. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> he, he got he dived into the whole like date era pickup culture, and then he went uh, did a book called Emergency, and it's all about trying to like if if everything the economy just went flat, what what can you do about it, right? And his goal was to try to get a passport to a different country. He got a passport for St. Kitts. Yeah. So that's his backup plan if America goes south. Is he now has a, he has a passport in uh, residence? It's, in it's funny Kitts. that you mentioned the game. Apparently, like a lot of people read that book and they don't get it. Like they think it's a book on like this is how you can like get women. No, it's yeah, and it's like really a commentary about like this is what you're not supposed to do to be a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. To get a, to, yeah. there's a guy in a mystery in there with trying to get his wife. It's a good book. Anyway, I recommend it. But anyway, I always seen kids because I've never even heard of it before and I've been enthralled with that emergency book yeah. so I think it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful country. He talks like, a lot about it in that gorgeous. book. Yeah. yeah, it's all old sugarcane fields and... It's not very big, is it? It's only... No, it's teeny. Like, I think you can get around the entire island. I didn't have a car when I lived there, so, but you can get around the entire island in like an hour or something wow. like that. It's Sweet. teeny. It's actually, it's like a sister nation, so it's St. Kitts and Nevis, and Nevis is like the little island. It's even smaller than wow. St. Kitts. No, so is that right the male? And the other ones? <laughs> Interesting fact, though, I think it's Lord Nelson was born in... Really? Yeah. In Nevis, not St. Kitts. So oh, Lord cool. Nelson would be... Uh, he was a commander. I don't know. I, yeah. I was like, I, Lord Nelson, I don't remember. Do you know? Yeah, that's something I, 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 I don't understand, too. It's like, is this, are we talking about UK, the British hierarchy, or what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't under, like, don't they just, like, hand out lordships now? I, I do, can't speak do, to that. Oh, yeah, just her face, sorry. Constance's face is when she's like, yes. Well, I mean. Talk with a bunch of fucking are, idiots. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, but the English monarchy isn't the only one in the world right now. No, like, I, know. No, I know. That's it's it. just her face as I was laughing at. So, I don't know but, what the fuck Lord no, Nelson No, but like, uh, my understanding is like, there's like... He was Lord of the Dance. <laughs> yeah! yeah. I, I almost believed you until you smiled. <laughs> I can't wick this shit fast enough. I'm like, fuck, I gotta look something. I got a question. Something. Do you have to be a... Uh, can you be a, uh, a citizen of the colonies and still be knighted? I thought you could only be knighted yeah. if you were English. Commonwealth, I thought. Yeah. English and Commonwealth? Yeah, English and Commonwealth. Because doesn't our passports um, have like, this fucking Sir, Sir Edmund Hillary is... is yes, but Americans can't be knighted, right? No, because no, they're, they're not Commonwealth. Commonwealth. But you know who was knighted when I was working at the Royal Collection? They were doing the knightings at the time. And uh, the guy who invented the Dyson vacuum cleaner got knighted. Are you serious? Really? Dyson? Cool. Yeah. So they just hand that shit out or what? Oh, I think it was like for contributions to... <laughs> to vacuum <me. laughs> 
technology. The queen was like really yeah, impressed. No, he, well, he's, he's like changed the face of technology. <laughs> she's like pointing to her people. She's like, look, electricity. <laughs> but it's not just vacuum cleaners. It's wow. like hand dryers. You know, yeah. Dries oh hand. shit, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dyson blade. Hand that's yeah. all they got. Actually, that blade well, one is brilliant because that fucking uh, the, the one that just shoots hot air at you. Son of a gun. That's a piece of shit. Mining always gets left out. Sorry. No, that blade one is actually brilliant because it actually like pulls the water, water off down. of your skin. Yeah. yeah. So the guy was actually genius. So see, it deserves to get knighted. Needs to be knighted. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's, going back. Sir Edmund Hillary climbed Mount Everest first. But wasn't Sorry. he? But wasn't he British to begin with? Sir Edmund Hillary? Yeah. Or was no, he? He's he a New Zealander. He was born in so born and bred in New Zealand. Yeah. There you go. He, he was the lived first in one England up in, for some time while preparing to climb, I believe. He was the first one up Everest? Yep. yep. Both Patrick He's Stewart and Ian McKillen are knighted, aren't they? Like Headfield. But they, it was for, they were knighted before they were even movie stars. They were knighted for performing in... Uh, well, Patrick Stewart was Shakespearean. Yeah, Shakespearean, yeah. yeah. So what was going on in St. Kitts? That, uh, you said, it, like, what brought you down there? Yeah, they had... Uh, so I was actually an organization that I volunteer with now, the Commonwealth Association of Museums. They have this awesome internship program where they send um, recent graduates who in museum studies are similar to museums in the Commonwealth and you basically get to do an internship there for six months. And oh, cool. So the museum gets trained personnel and you get the experience of doing tons of you know hands-on museum projects. So, cool. it so was, cool. yeah, It's kind of like your missionaries. Kind of. Museum missionaries. For knowledge! Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Well, no, I, I, I was down in the Bahamas, and the place is... I, I would never classify it, uh, me being a history nerd as much as you, because I don't even know who the fuck Lord Nelson was. <laughs> but I always love that, like, going down to the Bahamas and start learning about the whole, like, the piracy and... and, mm-hmm. and black, where did they say Blackbeard was actually from? I know Nassau says it's there, but I think there's... Uh, um, I think yeah, Jamaica, I think I think Jamaica screams that. for that yeah. one. It's anyway, like so getting like, was it a trade route? Was that was it a trade route or what? Where he's from or where he was stuck oh, okay. around or his home base? Because my understanding is like that was the whole like why so much fighting happens in that area because they were trade routes, right? Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. where. Well, the waters are Caribbean's amazing, but I've always wanted to like really go down and explore all those islands and like Saint Kitts, Saint Martin, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because I think that'd be just amazing to go to and the culture of the people. Yeah, it's very amazing. different as well as compared to well, a guy that grew up in Fort McMurray, right? Yeah, so. culture shock. Well, it just it's, I'll try being like one of the only white people living in the capital city. It was like that was incredible. It's like I've never been a minority before until moving there, and it was like really uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you did you feel like a minority? In what way? Well, it's like it, okay. Here, here's here's a good example. Uh, so, South Africa, white people are the minority. Yeah, but they. Because it's a it's a colony, right? Yep. So, yep. So, South yeah. Africa. So, so because it's a colony, black people outnumber white people yeah. by like so much, but they're still the minority. It's yeah. yeah. Um, so is is the culture there? Is it very like um, what, what what would be what do they call people from Saint Kit, Kit, Saint Kitsnians? Kitsians. Kitsians. Are you serious? Kitsians. She's all wearing. <laughs> so, uh, so is it is it predominantly Kitchen culture, or do they adopt American culture? Do they adopt English culture? Um, that is an excellent question. There is, I mean, a strong Kitchen culture that's mixed with a British culture because they're a Commonwealth country, right. so they've got um, a lot of that mixed in, and they have the sort of. Um, interesting their Kittitian Creole so the way you know mm-hmm. they have kind of like their own dialect that it takes a while for your ear to sort of yeah. tune into so I mean a lot of that culture is still is still there and they're sort of 
know, the carnival and things yeah. like that. It's so. interesting. It, uh, uh, it, I've shot a couple of weddings in the Dom- Dominican Republic, and they speak Spanish there, but they're also Creole, uh, Creole like you said. Mm-hmm. And they they speak a mix of the two languages yeah. so fluently. Because it's not that, Spanish isn't their, isn't their official language either. No, no, but they're so close to <laughs> yeah, so many Spanish yeah. countries. So I'm there and, and I, I try to communicate with them in Spanish. So I'm talking to them in Spanish and he's he's talking to me and every like third word is like this this dialect and language I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to pick up on it, but he understands me perfectly. Oh, really? And I'm like, You're, you guys are just making it up as you go along, aren't you? <laughs> the interesting thing in saying kids is that so this island, everybody wanted a piece of it and so the English got there and the French got there and they were like we'll just split the island down the middle and that will work out yes everything will be fine if we just go sharesies on this island and of course that didn't work out at all and it was all blood gore blood gore yeah. mm-hmm. but so it's like actually a mix of like English and French and oh yeah. cool yeah so it's really cool is it based on like the side of the island too yeah, well, like, I think... You drive like in, on one side, it's the English side? Well, in terms of, like, how things are named, like, the parishes and whatnot, mm-hmm. is definitely more predominantly French on one side. I find English that interesting about the Maritimes, because... The Maritimes? Yeah, hold on. Mary- Can you say that again, please? <laughs> yeah, the Maritimes here in Canada. I know, you're Those like, the Maritimes. Maritimes. <laughs> oh, Maritimes, sorry. Maritimes! I'm going back to Robin Hood there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are dicks. <laughs> no, uh, I'm fun with the Renaissance so, the so, Eastern yeah. Canada... Um, there's, it's, it's like you were just mentioning, there's, there's Francophones and Anglophones and they're just like, yeah, there's certain sections of like New Brunswick and Nova Scotia that are just French speaking. Yeah. Acadia. Yeah. Yeah, It's just so, they got that star, right? Like it's, it's, it's this color. Interestingly enough, you're starting to see that here in, in Fort Murray. Like I said, this, this community is such a Petri dish, right? So you have so many people from Eastern Canada that move here and you start seeing, if you drive around Timberlea, certain neighborhoods, there's a number of those stars on the houses. And I'm like, this is an entirely French neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. That's where like, I work with a lot of people from, uh, Africa, like we got uh, Congo, uh, Somalia, uh, uh, quite a few of them there. Uh, and the reason I just mentioned Congo because I think there's like four of my senior people on my shift are from Congo, so I got to know that place for like through chats for them very good. And that's what you were saying. Like it's very much of a, a, a black dominated culture. Sorry, I was just, uh, I just. Uh, have you guys seen Captain Phillips yet? I have. No. Get off my boat. I was, I was expecting like one of your supervisors, like I'm the captain now. <laughs> On the STL now. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, so he gets accosted by pirates right, off the coast of Africa, and there's this really great scene where like the dudes like he's like take what you want or whatever, and the guy's like, hey look at me he's like I'm the captain now. Yeah, right, yeah. So. Anyway, go on. Uh, well no I got to know it quite well. Uh, we got to we chat about it a lot, and it's, just back back to what you were saying is like it's a black dominated the people are very yeah, yeah. it's black dominated culture, but the white people are the ones that always had the money. Like it's it's a huge oil country. Congo yeah. is all, actually tall total that owns it, uh, and it's just it's funny because I'm, I'm like so you're talking like you get the average white person there, and like yeah, every you see a white person, you know they're in from their oil companies and they're very rich. Mm-hmm. And they're like so I would just walk into Congo to visit your family, like you've invited me many times, and like yeah, everyone would probably just flock to you and start giving you stuff. Nice. I'm like really We're asking you for stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, they said give me, and they're like especially you're he's, he wouldn't call me fat, but that's what he's getting at. Right? Especially the he guy must that, have a lot of money. <laughs> And that's exactly it. He's like, people your size are... Because he can afford to feed himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm just like, wow. Well, it's, uh, it's well, also... Well, it used to be prestigious, like, way back in the day to be big. It still right? is in Samoan well, right. and it's Hawaiian exactly culture. exactly what it is. It, it still is in Samoan and Hawaiian culture. Yeah. yeah. Like, but tribe tribe leaders were big guys because they were well-fed and everything. That's why right? Samoans so. are massive. Except me. <laughs> I love this. culture cast. This is great. That's great. Actually, I have a funny story about the French and the English in New Zealand. Like, uh, the English had... 
began colonizing New Zealand and the French came and they found like an island but they didn't realize that the rest of New Zealand had been colonized yet so they're on this island they're on this island and there was a tribe there it was like a really small island and the tribe didn't like them because they were like arrogant or whatever to them and they're like oh yeah this is going to be our land now and they're like um I don't think so right so anyway the French buried a glass bottle on the island which was like their way of claiming land mm-hmm. oh. and um, the Mary got so no one so, could find it yeah. well we're going to put this bottle of wine here for later. Yeah, yeah right? So the Mary got so mad that so they So the killed... English just show up and like, ah, damn it, the wine bottle's here. No, so... Uh, so the... She's telling a story. I'm telling the story, damn it. <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't there. <laughs> so the Mary got so pissed off that they killed them all. No, killed half of them, ate their leader, and then sent the rest of them back to France and were like, don't you come back here? Because like, in Mary culture before, it used to be like the highest offense to eat the leader of like your tribe or whatever anyway and they never found the bottle so yeah yeah, so like in the bay of islands like the tour guides and stuff they deem the island as french because we never found the bottle so technically it's still a french island until they find it but they've never been able to find it it was buried somewhere and there's the french we're leaving they're like oh bottles on your island kind of thing i can't believe that that's the official well no like that's but yeah that's apparently that's apparently what they did because they didn't they didn't plant flags or anything because the Maori were renowned for tearing flags down because they didn't want their land to, their <laughs> I just, land to be. Clean. I remember the reason it's I started true. laughing was there was a bit and it's, it's just story. like the way we interpret it, mm-hmm. we we interpret culture from like stuff that happened centuries ago where it's like literally they might have been burying this wine or oh we're gonna get drunk later and and, and drink this and then we find that bottle like a hundred years or two hundred years later and be like this is how they claimed the <laughs> island and this yeah, yeah. is a very rich yeah. in culture it's like no that's whatever they got. There's, there's a rumor in Prince Edward Island that there's like buried treasure somewhere on the island and uh, I guess in the 1960s because I guess something about finding a map and it was supposed to be like two I've heard this actually. like two million dollars worth of two million doubloons sorry yeah. which would have been like like in today money it is insane you'd be like an yeah, ancient billionaire cold. and so what happened was I guess some guys in the 60s funded an expedition to find it and they found like they dug like 200 feet into the ground and they found a wooden plank oh, wow. and they're like oh my god this is it like this is we found it so they broke the wooden plank and what they didn't understand is I guess they there was I guess a pocket of water near the ocean and that plank was the only thing really <laughs> and so the entire thing flooded and they tried to va- but they couldn't find it what was down there yeah. and I guess the rumor is that they ran out of funding and they couldn't keep going and but the rumor is that there is like somewhere on that island there's yeah. like yeah I've heard well, about I know what people, I'm doing like, next summer <laughs> Doing expeditions to go and find it. I've heard that before, actually. Yeah. What brought us onto this topic? Museums. Again. Right, yes. Museums, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you explore the culture in St. Kitts. Mm-hmm. What's next in the life of Yeah. Texas? So I'm an Alberta girl, so I always got to come back to Alberta. So weird how that works, eh? I know, right? <laughs> it draws me. Isn't it um, crazy how big this province is? It is. Like, it, it, when you don't know, realize it until you've left the country, but like... Our province is bigger than most countries. Yes. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I'm in south of Calgary in yeah. this province. It, it, like, fuck. it blew my father's mind when we went to the Badlands once. He's like, there is desert in this province. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is insane. You guys have, like, we have mountains with snow, yeah. and now there's a desert. <laughs> so, yeah. and we also have, like, grasslands as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. plains. Farmlands. Yeah. 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 Very diverse. Anyway, so, I saying? came back to Alberta. And I started working for the Alberta Museums Association. So for the past six years, I got to work with 200 museums all wow. over the province. Cool. So I got to travel from all the way north to... Yeah, yeah. So everything from 
the Terrell to Heritage Park here in Fort McMurray. And so they're yeah. considered under Alberta Museums, are they? Yeah, the well, so the Alberta Museums Association. You can either just be a member as a museum um, or heritage attraction, um, and then you can voluntarily enroll in their accreditation program. Okay. So to to show that you meet certain standards that qualify you as a museum. Cool. So, and cool. Heritage Park, I believe, is in that program. I think. So. I've yeah. I think yeah. I've, I've seen, seen that. that actually. Yeah. So that. So you knew Fort McMurray, obviously. You Edmonton, so you've heard of this place before. Yes. Although funny, as a small child, I was looking at a map of Alberta, and I asked my dad. I said, "Well, what's north of Edmonton?" And my dad said, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> Never go there. <laughs> Darby the Dragon. <laughs> Just drawings on Alberta maps. All these monsters north of Edmonton. <laughs> we should totally do that. That'd be, That'd awesome. be amazing. So, oh. from someone growing up in Edmonton, then, like, what have you heard? Like, what, what have, what was your conceptions about Fort McMurray? This is your first time living here? It is my first time living here, yeah. Anything that's changed? Anything that was... Well, I think, obviously, when you live here, it changes things completely, right? Because when you live anywhere other than Fort McMurray, it seems all that you ever get are the horror stories of what it's Mm -hmm. like. You hear It kind of seems like the wild, wild west, you know, where, like, anything is possible and anything can happen, and it's not normally very good. (laughs) But, I mean, having lived here, it's an amazing community, and people here are so friendly and so welcoming, and... It's a beautiful place to live. I always found it really weird, like, you know, the drive up here, like Grassland and Boyle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do they just exist because of we need gas stations there? <laughs> like Grassland particularly, grassland I'm like, does. is Grassland just like, just that strip? Yeah. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. like the red deer of the north. Well, what's, re- what's interesting is I actually went to go too. scope out some stuff at, in Boyle once for work. And I'm like, Boyle is so much bigger than it I is, thought it yeah. was. And there's oh, like, yeah. there's like a native community there too, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It just blew my mind. Well, I'm like Lake Labiche too, right? Yeah. So it's, even even small stuff like that, you're just like, oh, there's way more here than you thought. Way ever you well, thought like it was. Jay, Angie's boyfriend used to always have to go yeah. down to Boyle for work. So so really, that's the like I, I, I want to hear the Grassland podcast. Well, I remember <laughs> I remember growing up like growing up in Fort McMurray. Like I remember seeing like the development of this town, and like I remember when we first got here, I'm like, there is one road going through this town. Like this is this is grassland too. Oddly enough, it's still it. Yeah, there's oddly enough, it's still the case right now. They're trying to change that, but um, actually, interesting enough that you mentioned Heritage Park. I'd always thought that like Heritage Park should have like actors, like interpreters. Yeah, yeah, like make it like a small town. Like and then like you mean like you've been transported uh, to the 1800s. Well, no, Edmonton has it. Like Fort Fort Edmonton. Edmonton Like I think that's a reenactment. And and PEI is a great example of this. PEI, their summer stuff. (laughs) Like they, 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 Anne Frank is from there, right? So it's like it is Anne Frank is the big attraction for like people for as far as Japan. All right, Frank, sorry. Anne of Green I was Gables. Like, I'm pretty sure Anne Frank is That'd be not. amazing. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I'm sitting there agreeing. Sorry, I'm just like, Anne yeah, yeah. Green Gables. Anne Anne Frank Frank I was having a moment. Yeah, yeah. That'd be it's amazing, like, though. The Germans flew all the way to Canada together. So... Uh, <laughs> This is a horrible impression. She thinks we're the dumbest fucking people around. No, for a second there, I was like, I've read her diary. I don't remember that (laughs) one. So, Andrew Gables, the fictional character, uh, people from Japan fly in to come see the play, right? And and, uh, uh, as well as other plays, they do a number of plays during the summer, but it's all centered around the summer because 
winter in Prince Edward Island sucks. It's like ice storms and stuff. So they've got this really brief window. But it, during that brief window, their culture in that town, they've got actors. They've got a museum. I forget what the museum in PEI is called. But it's like this huge historical museum. Yeah, and, and it's just like all about the history of like uh, of, of like the formation of Canada there, right? Yeah. And uh, they were one of – I think they were the last province, right? No, no. No, no, Newfoundland. They was. were close to the yeah. last though. And so um, at any rate, um, so so they have actors and stuff and, and the, for the summer region and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, this would translate so well to like a community like Fort Memory if, if like we had the funding to bring up actors. You got Heritage Park making it like – this is a small town and you go and like there's like a store. And really? Like a though? store clerk and Our stuff. Town Sucks all wintertime. We should have fun culture in the summertime. Oh. Hint, you hint, hint, and then like you have someone like playing the town drunk and stuff. You yeah. could have some guy, <laughs> the Peter Pan the pirate. Yes, we could trade fur. It'd be so much. Me fun. and this guy have like yes, this ongoing joke yeah. about like. Uh, do you know who Peter Pond is? No, I don't. So, I so he know the mall's name history and air fail. So, I, and it's funny because every time I drive by the mall, it's like I really need. He to came look here into and founded is. a mall. No. <laughs> no, I think she's got a point. She's the actual history buff. She said Peter Pond doesn't exist. I don't know who this guy is. Well, yeah. <laughs> well that's what me and him joke around about. Oh, so Peter Pond in the history books of what we understand from our going to school here is that he <laughs> so uh, no research he helped him. he traveled the Athabasca River. Right. So the idea I is got that, that from the canoe. Yeah. So the idea is that yeah. So, but what we joke around is like this guy was a pirate. I'm pretty sure that wasn't his real he name. Was here, you because this is where he buried the bodies. <laughs> this, the is where, this was his hideout. The pirate Sounds like a guy from the Wiggles. <laughs> the what? The Wiggles, that TV program for kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, the guys that make Captain billions of dollars. Oh, good for them. There. I'm jealous. Captain Feathersword. So anyway, that would be awesome if you had like Peter Pond and like you had all these historical people because like I mean everything that's in that heritage I, I, you do the entire park in like an hour but like yeah all, everything in there is just like talking about the schools and churches uh, all the artifacts and, and, and the flying flyout right yeah. like <laughs> interestingly enough of the the uh, seaplanes right of the so. no it's one thing like for everyone Still says Fort Mac doesn't history. have a history well Fort Mac is a very rich history but the thing is it's a very short history in comparison to other other communities right yeah. so. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest stories uh, is the fact that, like, what is it? The uh, was it plutonium? No, the uranium. Mind, the, 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 the mined uranium <laughs> yeah. that was used for the Manhattan Project. Yeah, it's from uranium. It's from uranium city. It's, yeah, it's in the Athabasca. There. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. We have we have a we have a spot in the history books for just that's why Highway sixty three was built. World. How yeah, how good. long ago was Fort McMurray founded? Anyone know? It's a really good question. Nineteen thirteen. Six. Ask Siri. During the Roaring Twenties, <laughs> <laughs> the um, so that brought you up this far. You said your husband came up here. Yeah, he's uh, teaching at Cano College, um, teaching kinesiology. So he's the science side, and cool. I'm the arts and culture side. Very cool. Yeah. So living here, that's a good pairing. Yeah, it is. Your kids are going to be so fucking smart. I hope so. We have only one Fox now. Just hate it. <laughs> I hate Aunt <Anne> Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she wasn't from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get her out of this town. (laughs) Nazi invasion of PEI. Uh, I forgot what I was going on with that. Uh, So you got one? We have one, yeah. Six months old. So we haven't ruined her yet in any way. I hope. Not any like lasting way, anyway. Wait, so you have. Wait, 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 so I mean, that being said, that means you have a vested interest in the formation of culture here because you have a little one that's you, as she grows up, she's going to want to. It's like I don't want to go to Heritage Park for the fifth time Absolutely. this week. Yeah, no, and I think I am so fortunate that I grew up 
surrounded by arts and culture. And that's mm-hmm. definitely something that I want for my daughter, that she gets to participate in that and, and that there's a strong arts community here. So what attracted you to the Arts Council? I uh, can we kind of cover it, but paycheck, ching yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think honestly, I was drawn originally to the fact that there was such a diverse board. So it wasn't just like a couple of people coming together. It, it's really like a huge section of the arts community. They tried really hard to make sure that everybody was represented, and I think that's what that really drew me to the arts council. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah. it's you know, it was a good salary. It looked like a good job, but I'm not going to work for an organization that I don't think is going to make a difference. And, and exactly. so that's what doesn't matter what the salary is. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, what are the plans? I was going to say, like, I, I was going to say, what are your plans? But I guess it's kind of what of our plans are. Exactly. I just, I'm your puppet. I do your <laughs> dirty work. Yeah. We need this person eliminated. <laughs> Peter Pond, take him out. Yeah. No, well, we just actually, as a, as a board, we just went through, finally, as one that I was pushing for that I, we, we definitely needed to get done. Um, mission statement, values, beliefs. Yeah. And that was something I think that's very important because if you don't know who you are and where you're going... You're just going to have well, you need a, a dozen people like, going in different directions. Well, I think you're asking two different questions because there's the, who you are and where you're going is the individual question, but who we are. Sir. Because that's, that's, that's what a mission statement is, is the, the united vision of all these individuals coming yeah. together. Right? Yeah. And that's what, like, uh, the Arts Council, I know it was it's kind of off to a rough foot uh, to start with, even before we all got elected to the board for the fact that it... it was established. It was established with a bit of fanfare too, a couple of years ago, and then nothing happened. And everyone's like, "Well, what the fuck is the Arts Council doing?" Like, we're a very new organization, but technically, I think the Arts Council was established in twenty twelve. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. So that's two years of of people say people not seeing anything, and that's where when I say who you are, I'm I'm talking about the people looking at us as an organization, going, "Well, who is the Arts Council, and what is the Arts Council doing?" And we definitely need to be able to respond to that question. And I think, well, hopefully we can now, because what is our mission statement now, Cosmos? Well, our brand new mission statement is to champion investment in the arts in the regional mun- municipality of Wood Buffalo. Love it. Yeah, it's good, hey? What do you think? Oh, yeah, sure. You can get on board. <laughs> Sounds good. Anything? anything no, it was good. a good discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I came in halfway, actually, during that discussion. That was a good session. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Well, no. It, it, one Put of my the, name on it. Put my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> I decided. I, I thought of it. No, I've said it. I know Constance heard me spiel about this probably way too much at that session, but I, I'm a fan of words that stick out. Like uh, champion sticks out. Champion sticks out. Like there's a company that uh, a company that I work for. Fun is in the mission statement. I think that's fucking incredible. Yeah. When you got a corporate entity saying that, f- putting the word fun in their own mission statement, whether or not they follow yeah. is a different story. But well, no, it's but, there. but that's why that's where integrity comes into play, right? Yeah. Like you have to have the integrity to. You know, fun uh, and integrity, yeah. which was a huge discussion actually when we went through values. Integrity came up quite a bit when we were discussing well, what the values. And that's of that's one be. of the biggest uh, challenges when you're sitting on, like, say, for example, a council position is you 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 you're there as an individual, but you're representing the interests of people, right? Yeah. So, and it's tough not to flip flop for some people, right? And and that's where integrity comes in. It's like, are you a person that you know once you've you've heard all the knowledge can you form an opinion and represent everyone as a whole as it were right and i mean can you stick by politics a, in a nutshell well, really? can you stick yeah. by a stance even if everyone disagrees yeah. with it right and that's yeah. where it comes down to yeah and, and sometimes it's about like you might not be painted in the best light but if you're working towards something greater 
then it will show in its in time, right? Yeah. Then there's mm-hmm. the patience. So I, I'm just I'm just well, no, it's better of gra- right now, it's but. just trying to gravel through like the, yeah. the rough times. It's been, and that's where that's I, I where think, integrity I think, keys most. Right? But I think the the important thing is here is I think Constance, uh, like I mean, I think you will be a great um, representative of the interests of the council. And and I believe that, like, I think that's probably the biggest thing about what people have been asking about, like, well, what are they? Who are they? Now we have an individual that this is who we are, this is what we represent, and the person that is kind of the face of the council. But I think the great thing about having the strategic plan and finally having nailed down a a mission and a vision that was created by the board and myself is that you guys are speaking for the arts community. Exactly at large, right? And so we're we're now we can speak with one voice and with some authority on behalf of arts and artists. Oh absolutely. What was the vision again? The vision was the arts are a valued and integral component to a remarkable quality of life. Another key word, remarkable. I like that. It says it it says a lot. The um did we go through I know the second day I wasn't able to make it, did we go through the rest of the vision or no it was We had values that we I mean but they're Maybe we should do that as stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, stay tuned in the future. <laughs> but no, I'm glad. We have, you, I mean, we we did a lot of work on our values, and I think we did a really good job. But mm, they're quite lengthy. How long would this podcast go on for? This goes on forever and a day, <laughs> my dear. Well, what I would we say were, is, we did a five-hour podcast one time. <laughs> I think I, it was about Batman. <laughs> we didn't miss much. The, uh, the, the 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 big thing that I would like to say, though, just uh, seeing as I've got the majority here, is we represent the uh, Fort Memory filmmakers, and we're on board for any sort of collaboration, right? So mm-hmm. we're. I mean, one of our big things right now is uh, we're we're working towards the film festival this fall, mm-hmm. and yeah. we would very much like fall, to partner. Fucking fall. summer, buddy. I was yeah. Say. yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to partner with. The arts council and that's where you and I come into kind of like a little bit of a conflict of interest type thing where we're just like well we want the arts council to be involved but at the same time we want to make sure that it's a mutually beneficial thing because it's like right now the the filmmaking association is really us giving us our time etc to yeah. try to make things happen right? and that's one thing like uh, and everyone has their own opinions on that one where it's like well will two people of the filmmakers group sit on the arts council board and uh, yeah it, all of, at, I can say whatever I want to say, but actions speak loud in words, right? And, and I've always tried to leave my life to be as fair as possible. Whatever comes up from the filmmakers that Darius Council has to deal with, we yeah. go by the board's decision, which we won't have a say in it, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that's where it would have been interesting to have Sean sitting on the arts yeah. council, right? Because then it, like, we, we could, I could talk to Sean and stuff like that. But eh, it is what it well, is. Well, no, it is what it is, and and I'm glad, Constance, you already mentioned it once because one of the things that uh, I know Aaron uh, or Misha, inter- Aaron and Misha interviewed you, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and one of Things Isn't they... Misha amazing? He is amazing. I love that. Guy. I, when I got to Fort McMurray, everybody's like, "Have you met Misha?" And I was like, "I haven't met Misha." And have you met? No, I haven't met Misha yet. And I like see him across a crowded room, but can yeah. never like get there to meet him. So my interview is the first time I got. Did to you? Uh, cool. You you did you go see Death Trap? I did go see Death he Trap. He directed that. I know. Yeah. I just about peed my pants a couple times. <laughs> so, good. so good. So uh, good. Steve Reeve, who also sits on, sits on the YMMFMA, is uh, he was the guy. He's also part of the yes, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. The guy. That's he. He's the guy of our group too. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that these two are both women. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Kidding. I do got rather large breasts. The, um, <laughs> what? The, the one of the things they said about your interview, and uh, I'm glad you said it here. That was really good too. Is like, I'm a fan of the arts, mm-hmm. right? It's everyone's like, well, you got to have an executive director that is an artist. Uh, no, think, you like, don't. I think what my strength is is that I come having worked for the Alberta Museums Association. I come from a background of nonprofit 
management and you know cultural management so it's about being able to see that big picture and how all the players fit together but i don't have to be an artist to understand what artists do need or you know it, yeah. and i think in a lot of ways that's where the strength of the board comes in is that you guys are the artists and you have an idea actually of what you guys- i'm kind of glad that you're not in a strict sense an artist I'm not an artist at all. It's a, well, <laughs> I, honestly, like the way that I see things, I believe that everyone's an artist, whether mm-hmm. it's the art of learning you used or whatever. So that makes you an artist. Ex- the yeah. art everyone, of graduating. Everyone, the art of leading the group. Really? The art of, yeah. Everyone has a little bit of art in them, but I think like sometimes people like people who are are artists like in a strict sense, like they they're very particular about their. On, there's a bias. On, there's a bias mm-hmm. in their own form, right? So I mean, like, I'm super biased about filmmaking because that's my passion and that's what I love to do. And I think everyone should love film and everyone should see it and blah blah blah. <laughs> but I, I think it's pretty cool that you're not, in a strict sense, like, you know, put Owned into it one on of one the yeah, yeah, put into one of these little slots. Well, it, it allows you to artistry. take a step back and see the bigger picture too. Exactly. Yeah. That's I think that's really important. So that's cool. Well, that's excellent. Do you have any expectations? Of us, of you as the board, or, or us as, as friends, or, or friends, now, right? Friends, yeah. <laughs> or even us, even us as a friend. Expectations. Of the Man, you ask hard questions. Yeah, you said hard. Okay, like, you You're like expectations of us, the board, the community. Yeah, that's not just the world. I think for me, it's like I want, I want people. This is your interview, actually. I know, right? Let her answer. <laughs> I think what I want is for the community to become involved in the arts and to start getting behind the arts and supporting this the community that is already here because there are phenomenal artists living in Fort McMurray and we just need to do a better job of promoting them and supporting them in any way that, that we can. <laughs> well, no, a lot of them are here for other reasons. Well, right? yeah, or like, a lot of them are working two jobs so that they can still do their art. Yeah. And, and so I'd... You know. Well, it's all about that fulfillment aspect, right? Yeah. It's just like so a lot of people come here to Fort Murray to, for means to an ends, right? Yeah. Yep. But the thing is, you become a community member when you start finding fulfillment within what you're doing within the community, right? Actually, this you? was a conversation that I had just two days ago. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, my It was funny because my supervisor was like, oh, well, not my supervisor, but one of the supervisors at work was like, oh, so how are you enjoying your job? And I'm like, well... Like a year into it, it's not really what I expected. It's a lot more paperwork than it is actually like teaching and stuff because I work in the training department. Right. And he was like, and he was like, oh, he's like, so you don't like it? And and I'm like, well, you know, like I do it because I do it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, like 20 years ago, your job would have been your fulfillment, right? Yeah. Like you didn't have time to do anything else. You went to work for your 80 hours a that week and you spent your time with that. Ment- and he said that mentality's over now. He's like, you. You might spend eight days here, but you've got six days to do everything else that you love. Yeah. And I'm like, that's my saving grace. That's the, that's the only reason I can so, do a job argument, that I don't like. But you like. also got to keep in mind that you can only do that for so long. Oh, right? yeah. No, I, I mean, know that. that uh, you know, they, you, you asked me earlier. Like, I'm a great example of that. I came I came back to my hometown to pay off my civil loans, and I was going to be gone. I was going to be back in Edmonton mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing now in Edmonton. Because I was like, that's where that's where the community is. That's where the, I'm going to find fulfillment, yeah. right? And, and then bit by bit, you know, 
you're the one that kind of swayed me over. It's like, well, why not bring that to Fort McMurray and mm-hmm. actually, and and we we have, and we're slowly building it up here to the point where it's it's interesting because we got a, a number of like this year's a great example number of filmmakers from Edmonton and Calgary and Vancouver that are now thinking they're like. Hey, I, I think I want to come to Fort Marie to film stuff yeah. and to come to the film festival and participate, yeah. not just submit my stuff. And that's great because yeah. now they're seeing this community as somewhere where they can be showcased and high. Because you know, I I make no qualms about it. And like Fort Murray has been so good to me in yeah. terms of yeah. supporting, and so yeah. has Edmonton. Don't get me wrong; like Edmonton has a great community. I love my friends in Edmonton and all those that I've worked with in Edmonton, and 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 what I've learned from there too. But at the same time, Fort Murray has advantages that other communities don't, in the yeah. fact that like. They're so starved for this, yeah, yeah. right? That they're they embrace it so lovingly. As long as you're, you know, as long as you're not, you know, bullshitting it for the sake of bullshitting it. Like, and that comes with anything, right? Yeah. Like, if you're here to make a quick buck or here to just get, you know, I want to get noticed and get out. Like, it, it, it can only last for so long. Yeah. And that's that again. And I think that that's what I want. Yeah. You know, whenever it is that I leave the Arts Council, mm-hmm. many years down the road, is that I want people to be looking at Fort McMurray and going, oh yeah, Fort McMurray, that's that place where they've got that awesome piece of public art or yeah. that yeah. really cool filmmaker lives yeah. there. Or It's like it's interesting you mention that because uh, Todd and I have argued about this uh, for a while now, about the film festival particularly or even the, uh, even uh, maybe even the podcast come years from now, but the idea was to my grave. Yeah, Todd <laughs> hangs on to shit like it's going to leave him. And I'm just like, no, the, the, the measure of success in something isn't you running it and making it awesome it's how can it stand once you've left yeah. yeah and and that's how you make sustainability that's how you make an arts council a film festival like that remember i told you like in five years i want this thing to be able to stand on its own two feet and i feel we're so close that's to that. why we forgot to actually put in the executive director job descriptions take over the wyland podcast <laughs> no but like no but the podcast is an interesting one because this is very much you it's yeah. your dna is in it but i mean like the film association we're not going to be running no, it forever and the, we have to have the, that in mind yeah, right? the podcast was created important. by us, but the filmmaking association was created for the community. For the community, yeah. exactly. And the same with this arts council. The, yeah. the whole idea is like, yeah, I love that you're excited about taking on the role and stuff, but also that mentality that like I want this to be better when I leave it than when yeah. I came yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what's most important. Yeah, and, and it's very. I mean, not to talk poorly about Fort Marie is there's a real there's there's a underlying culture that isn't spoken about where a lot of people feel that this is a community where we take because that's the hey, industry, right? It's don't. Take don't, the, talk don't, say, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. No, there's a very much industry. Is like we take oil from the ground and take, and, take, take yeah, and go. Yeah, yeah, and, and take and go. That's a wrong mentality, it right? Like it, it's yeah. it's the biggest problem in the world right now is people taking and not giving back. Oh, there's so, a sense of anyway, entitlement. Let's, let's not let's not anyway, go into that. Whole thing. Yeah, that sounds like a long discussion. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. How are we you'll you'll learn very quickly that there is a there is a sense of entitlement in this city, and it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like anyway. Well, I was going to say, like, what are your expectations? About what? Us as a board. Oh, I think we're doing good so far. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. Mm. And I mean, but, but, the, but the key thing is to not lose perspective of the fact that, like, we were just talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just we, we're here to serve a purpose, and we have to think of the betterment of the community as a whole, not just how can I benefit or how can we benefit from this. Well, right? that's so, when everyone asks you, like, why did you get involved with the Arts Council? And, like, my answer is I'm, I'm sure as, as cliche as this is going to sound, I would like to think, try to make a difference in the community. Yeah. I would like to actually, instead a of. Good difference, right? <laughs> Well, a difference is a difference, yeah. but no, like <laughs> the uh, no, like I, I grew up here, and a lot of people that I graduated with are gone, and mm-hmm. the exact reason I and I've probably said it 
many times too when I was in high school is there's really nothing to do here. There's nothing going on. There's no connection to the community. Yeah, right? I can't say that anymore. That's no, and that's what I'd like. I don't want him, my son, at a point like he's at sleep because we usually do a podcast at night. Uh, I don't want my son to have to hear that as well because to me that was a very. I'm not saying it was like a bad thing. Like I was depressed, but it was everyone went to school. To leave. Yeah. That was the goal. That was the point. That was the path. If you stayed in Fort Mac, it was kind of looked down as in what you're still here. That means you've done nothing with your life. Right. And I would love to change that mentality so he doesn't have to go through Well, that. there's a kernel of integrity to it, too. I mean, a lot of people that came here, even my parents, when they immigrated here to Canada, the mentality was, I'm here to work and bust my ass so that you can have a better life somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it, there's nothing wrong with that mentality. No, no. It's just that right. it was very goal-oriented, yeah. right? It was like suffering now for betterment later. And it's just kind of like that's no way to go through life. And, and the sooner you realize that, the sooner you, you find fulfillment in life. Well, well right? it's very much when I like changed my way. Like when I moved back here, like I'm, I'm a paramedic by trade. And when I moved yeah. back here after taking school – to pay off the bills and stuff like that, which is always what happens, is when I started looking at things a bit differently, where I started actually looking at this place, not as just where I'm currently living, but this is where I'm home. Yeah. And how can I make home better? Well, what make what draw? What makes you enjoy yourself? Arts and culture. This is what swung me into a completely different career path than what, well, I'm still in two different fucking career paths, but a, a different mentality, I guess, right? So, I know, I just always find it interesting when people ask that question. It's like, well, what's your agenda? Like, what's, why are you on the Arts Council? Or you just want money for the filmmaker? You, you ask Ask yourself the question. That was your po- your question originally. There's many voices in the chat. <laughs> they all sound different. Oh God! All right, we're an hour in. All right, we're an hour and ten minutes in. What's the final thoughts? Final thoughts? I think Constance should lead us oh, on this. No, <laughs> she said all the thoughts. This is like this is you know you're all like this can be laid back, no problem. And then get here and it's like tell us. Come on, we went through Nazis and PI. How is that not laid back? Well, Tito no. or Ash, you start us off. Um. This happens to me every time. Whenever okay, I start off the final then. thoughts, yeah, you just we covered so many fucking topics. Well, well no, we we did no, cover a lot of that. topics, but I, I think I think final thoughts are like um, very excited. New uh, Constance seems like a really great person. Just getting to know her here, so I'm very excited to work with you and uh, hopefully work for you in terms of uh, uh, our resources. And I mean, if you guys need any film work and stuff, just let me know. And I'm totally down. Uh, and uh, the other thing I think just to mention as a final thought is just the fact that, like, it's good to be doing a podcast again, honestly. Yeah, it is. Like it's been a long time. It is. And, and I was, I <laughs> like was, I said, Vice Dean, uh, Vice Dean Robert Labor, and I, I was going through some stuff. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, uh, what I also send is extend the hand of friendship. And if there's anything you want to pimp out or just come and chat about here on the podcast, you're always welcome, Constance. Awesome. It, it, Thank you. Tito and I kind of joke about it, but it's very much true. Like, we are actually in the board meeting uh, uh, where we. That's going to make it sound like a real fucking asshole. Where we're voting on your future. That's wow. not what I meant. The, uh, where they were talking about the interview process, that kind yeah. of stuff, right? And it was just like, hey, this is how we're going to introduce Constance to the community as a part of the Arts Council. And like I said, me and Tito joke about it. It's like, oh, we'll have her on the podcast. But it's, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. This is yeah. how we get to know people. Yeah. So I appreciate you wanting to, to come on and suffer through our grueling fucking process. No, it was, no, it was really enjoyable. I've never, like, we've never really vetted someone like this before on the podcast vetted. sounds weird no That's we've not had the right Russell word. on before we've had what do you mean by vetted oh, what's, yeah, she, no, what's she no, doing never, no I mean I've never been on a podcast that's like because I haven't been on the Claude or the Russell oh, or okay. any of that stuff so like 
me being here, I'm kind of like, this we, is a we, really interesting, that's a really different format to what I'm used to because I'm used to we, we do talking for, about movies and drinking and. <laughs> we, we do it. We do it for yeah. piano theater all the time. A new play comes in, we invite the director in and we talk. Well, about even but it's even fun. the Death Trap one, it was really it was really different. But no, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty pretty excited about the Arts Council and stuff. Being an outsider, mm-hmm. like I'm not on the council or anything, but like I don't know, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I think for me, what I'm looking forward to the most is talking to people who live in Fort McMurray. They're always saying, you know, nobody understands us. They don't understand the true story of what it means to live in Fort McMurray. And and so I think what I'm most excited about is using the arts to get that story out oh, there. Yeah, so that people it. can, you know, we can support the arts so that people can tell their stories more yeah. effectively. And Absolutely. I'm ex- well, it's one of the bases that the podcast is founded on, right, is to share our own story. I'm Why excited to see, like, more public art. Like, that's, like, it's all tucked away in these little galleries, like well, gallery at frames and more it's like this tiny little place that you go in but it's like magic inside and then you go to McDonald Island and there's like art but it's tucked away in this little hole well, in the yeah, back the like great thing about public art is that it's accessible to everyone right yeah. you don't you don't have to go to an art gallery it's your the original presentation from the administration actually went to council for just an amend just like a, a heads up this is what they haven't voted on it yet but it, it's promising like it's it's, it's, no, it's a lot of money it's Couple things that I think we need to work on as the Air Council, but it's it's the there's policy a lot itself. Of, there's a lot of really positive things Absolutely. going on in this community yeah. with regards to arts and culture. And have you seen that uh, public art exhibit in uh, Calgary yet? Uh, the Under the Bridge uh, art exhibits. No, it's interesting. It's like community made. So the idea is that um, there's chalk, and there's uh, there's just chalk available, and like there's a space right under the bridge where people are allowed to Go draw on. whatever they want. That's whatever. really funny because I have to talk to you too. And if it's this. feet, but the thing is, if it's good, you, you could all do whatever you yeah, want yeah, yeah. it, right? But the, the good stuff is getting featured, like taking pictures and stuff and being featured in uh, Calgary exhibits. Have you cool. seen yeah. um, in Edmonton as well, there's like this, like, um, this like knitting crochet group who are like knitting stuff and putting them around like powerful, like just these like yeah, little, been doing little that. pieces of like crochet work like around the city. So cool. What do they call it? Yarn bombing or something? Yarn like bombing. That? Uh, yeah. I just, I just had this image. Pubes. Pubes, yes. Pubes and crochet. Oh, around. God. <laughs> we, we've had it's a not graffiti. Not anything. Yes. No, I know. Yeah. I've heard the stories. Oh, yeah. fuck. Let's not get into that debate okay. right now. Let's not now. Um, I think everyone gave their final thoughts. I think yes, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So, what do we got coming up? Film Fest coming up. Uh, definitely tickets Night- are on sale now. Nightflix. TV to be announced, but be announced. we yeah, have big plans for Netflix. Ooh, you're um, giving away a lot now. Now you're holding accountable. Oh, uh, we've got uh, we've got a uh, YMMFMA uh, meeting this coming week on a uh, 24-hour film competition. Uh, Is it 24 or 48? It's a 24. Oh man, it's, it's going to be tight. tough. It's an international competition, but if uh, will, will this be posted by next week? D- d- our meeting's Tuesday night, and I'm going to post this okay, Tuesday morning. Okay, so for anyone who comes Come and tonight. wants to make a, make a film. <laughs> The concept is we will we will pay your submission fee. The YMMFMA yeah. will pay your entry. We'll reimburse your entry if you fee. finish your movie. So the idea is you submit, you pay your fee or whatever. Once you've completed your movie and submitted to that film competition, we will reimburse Give us you. Give proof and we'll which reimburse is 120 you. Which is one hundred twenty bucks US. Pretty yeah, good. And you get a chance to win amazing prizes. Obviously, they're doing like a top 25. If, if a Fort McMurray person places yeah. in top 25 and gets screened in New York, that's your film screened in New York. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. So yeah. definitely come out, uh, check it out. Our website, uh, YMNFMA. Uh, oh, the Last Tiff is com. this month. Oh, yeah. The yes. Art of the Steel. Art of the Steel that's uh, coming up. I would uh, love to, last Thursday. to have a short film 
screen next to a heist movie with Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's so cool. Submit info at ymfma.com. All the info at ymfma.com. Constance, how can they follow you online? With Do you have a personal Real creepy like. <laughs> Twitter. Yes, at Keyslet is me personally, and then the Arts Council has its own... Uh, at Arts Council WB. Yeah. Cool. Website, artscouncilwb.ca. all these tweets. Get to work. <laughs> .ca. Stop uh, hanging around on this info podcast. Info at artscouncilwb.ca. Yep, that's yeah. the email address. Everything's on the website. Placeholder for now. Hopefully we get a new one pretty soon. Uh, and of course... Get an email for me. Why are you so cool? <laughs> follow us. <laughs> YMM at com, And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. Just Google YMM Podcast and follow everything. New, uh, new shirt should be coming out in the next week or so, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That's filming Sunday. There you go. So on B4, this episode of the YMM Podcast, on behalf of Steve, I'm Totsky. I'm Ishcake. I'm Tito. And I'm Constance. We'll see you next set. The YMM Podcast, a T-Man Entertainment production in association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find out more at ymmpodcast.com.